Uh, Jesus didn't have a problem with people that was in the streets. He had a problem with religious people. How can I help anybody when I'm not even when I was not even able to help my own son? I would never do that. I would never do that. And I became that in a matter of minutes when they took my pain pills away. And I said, I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. Ugh. This is Faith in Your Recovery. I am Randy Davis. Welcome to the battle. Thank you for joining us today on Faith in Your Recovery. We appreciate your your listening in. We feel like we have a story today unlike any we've told. Have a young lady with us by the name of Lily Rogers that I'll turn this over to her here in just a moment or two. But uh, she's at a good place in her life. But to get to that good place, she's gone through a lot of struggle, hurt, and loss. But to have her with us, this should say a lot to anybody and everybody who's out there struggling. So, Lily, welcome today. Thank you, Randy. Oh, our pleasure to have you with us. Why don't you go ahead and kind of introduce yourself to the folks out there tuning in and just share a little bit about where you are, your age, where you go to school, what you're doing at school. Well, I go to Jay County High School. I'm a junior. I'm 16 years old, and I'm in cheer, and I live with my mom and my little brother, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, how much do you like being in cheerleading? That's been a big part of your life. I've known you long enough to know that's always a big part of your involvement. I think you come by that honestly with your heritage, okay? So tell us about that. Well, I've been in cheer since fifth grade, and I love it so much. It's like an escape from what's going on in my life. I can go there, and I can talk to all my friends, and be with the coaches and just having the team is helped a lot that's a safe place yes yeah 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 and it's a place where you find that peace and that comfort that the rest of the world's not giving you yeah oh uh, neat neat listen uh I know this is going to be tender. It's going to be tender for you. It's going to be tender for the folks that are listening. I know some of the story, but let's go back a number of years. Tell us about Lily as a young child. I know you said you started in fifth grade with cheer, but tell us more about you at that age. Like with my family? Absolutely. Well, we... We lived in our this big white house on the highway, and when I was about four years old, we moved to the house we live in now, and I would say that's really when like our family really came together. It was me and mom and dad, and you know we had those few really good years where we were just a family and we had our new house and just in my mind it was good. That was a a comfortable time for you. I yeah. remember your dad well. I coached your dad, and, uh, you know, he was a classmate with one of my boys and, of course, being there in the community and always had a world of respect for him. I felt the same respect in in return, but I know that he, he got into some issues, some addictions, some struggles. Tell us about that. Tell us how it affected you, how it affected family life, you know, the hurts, the pains, the fears, just go ahead and open up because I know there's young people out there that you'll be able to relate to that none of the rest of us can, Lily. Well, 
you know, when his addiction started, I was young. I didn't really know what addiction really was. I just knew that when I would come home from, you know, school or anything, I would just want to make sure that dad was okay. Like, I knew that there was something wrong, but I didn't know how bad or exactly what was wrong. So, did you just see it as some sort of sickness and you, you know, wanted to check, like you said, just make sure he's okay? Yeah, like, okay. I knew that, to me, when I was young, he took medicine. I thought that that was his medicine to make him, you know, feel better and make him act right. I didn't realize that it was like the addiction i didn't realize he did it and it was a bad thing i just thought you know it's normal he's taking his medicine sure and you know once i started getting older i started realizing you know this isn't right this isn't how this should go like i would be at home and let's say mom was at work he would be sitting there talking to me watching spongebob with me making me toast and then all of a sudden he'd just fall asleep and i wouldn't know what to do like he was just sitting there and he'd start falling asleep and it was scary you know so I would call mom and you know grandma or grandpa or someone would come down and check on me and take me with them but sitting there as a little kid not knowing what was wrong with him not knowing if he was going to be okay really like just affected a lot like you know sometimes friends couldn't come over because he wasn't in the right mind to be around people Gotcha. So, I mean, okay. I don't know. During that, how how did you feel about yourself? How old were you then? Maybe, you know, six, seven. Okay, that's good. Did you start to recognize any feelings that, you know, you didn't know what to deal with or anything? Or were you still just accepting all of that as uh, health needs as far as the pills? Um, I think it kind of started once, like, I was getting to that age, I started realizing, like, mom and dad, they would fight a lot. And, you know, other than the addiction, there wasn't much to fight about. They're, they were a good, they were good people and they were good together. But with his addiction, it just kind of pulled them apart. You know, she loved him and you could tell that he loved her, but with when the addiction was around he just wasn't himself makes total sense yeah. and you know i can i can almost picture that factor okay let's move on then a little bit in your life as you started to realize and recognize this is more than a a health care need as far as this medicine's going we would dad he was um I knew he was a good person, and I knew that he loved me, and I knew that he wanted to be there for us, but, you know, like, I started getting older, and then the anger came, and when I was young, I just thought, oh, it's my dad, you know, he's here for us, he loves us, but then I started realizing, like, this is not good, and I got angry. I couldn't understand why he couldn't just stop. I couldn't understand why, you know, if he loves us enough, he'll just stop. If he wants to be in our family and to be there for us then he can just stop doing it. It's To me, it was a choice, you know, like that or us. And I started to realize that it wasn't that easy. He couldn't just pick us over drugs because it was, in a way, a sickness. Did you at any time have a confrontation with him saying something like, hey, you know, you can stop this. 
you're going to have to choose between it and us. Did you have a moment or two like that, Lily? I did. Um, it was probably around the time that mom and dad got a divorce. At this time, I was How old were you? yeah, yeah, I was eight. Okay. And you know, he told me he sat me down and he was like, you know, me and your mom were going to get a divorce, and you know, I was upset, and I just told him that I didn't understand, you know, why he couldn't stop why there were so many problems and he couldn't fix them I didn't you know and you know he once he the divorce was final and he was wasn't really there anymore there were multiple times that he had gotten arrested for just the drug use and stuff like that and um, I would call him and I'd be so mad at him and I'd tell him I'd say dad why can't you just choose us you know like we miss you we want you to be okay just choose us yeah and yeah that had to be a hard moment yeah so as you tried your best to deal with that and to recognize and realize dad does have a a real problem of some type did you start to come to recognize that as a disease yes especially um I guess it just, you know, all this time I thought it was a problem, like it could get fixed. But as I've gotten older, I can now see that it wasn't just something that he could fix easily. He went to rehab. He went to Brianna's Hope. He, you know, he did try, but every single time it was like the addiction one. And it started to make sense to me that it wasn't just something he could fix. It was something that he had to fight against. And it was it was more like a disease than just a problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's pretty insightful for someone at that age, okay? And, of course, now as you look back, your vision's more 2020 than it was then. Yeah. You didn't know what you didn't know at that age, and it's your dad, somebody you believe in, someone you trust, someone who's trying to lead, guide, and direct you, and he can't even do that in his own life yeah. because of it. Now, I can't imagine what the frustration must have been. What was your outlet during that time? How did you vent your pain? How did you deal with it? You're hurt. Well, my grandma and grandpa, you know, I, when dad was, he wasn't doing too well. So mom had to pick up another job. So she worked at the commercial review and then she started working at this little restaurant. And during that time, I couldn't stay with dad. So I would stay with grandma and grandpa. And, you know, I was there from as soon as I got out of school to like eight or nine o'clock at night. And, you know, they were just there for me to talk to and they understood. And, you know, they were just someone I always knew that I could talk to. They played the role that grandparents can play. Yeah. Uh, they can separate themselves even amidst the hurt. But uh, I'm. I'm convinced that a grandparent's happiness is based on the happiness of their grandkids. Yeah. And uh, they certainly prove that mm -hmm. throughout that. So as time progressed then, I know that dad continued to fight that battle to deal with his addiction. Take us to the next step. Well, um, I was, you know, I'm, I was started, I was in middle school and he was still, you know, in and out of his drug problems and his drug use. <clears throat> and 
it was about eighth grade year and he had sobered up and he had been sober for about a year and I was really mad at him because of all the years that he wasn't there and all the years that he wasn't sober and I probably wasn't the nicest to him you know I said some things that I didn't mean um I didn't really want to be around him all that much because I was scared I was going to get hurt again that he was going to go back sure so you know really towards the beginning I didn't want to be around him unless mom was there. I didn't want to get too close. And, you know, once he hit like a year of being sober, we had this party for him and this cake. And it kind of hit me like maybe he's going to be okay. You know, he's made it to a year. This is the longest he's ever been sober. He's, I felt like I got to know the real him without the addiction. And, you know, I let myself get close to him and um our family they had a wedding and we went to that together and we danced and we had fun and it was like just like I was so happy that I had that moment with him that I forgot about all of like the hurt and the sad and you know everything because I got to have at least some good moments of him being him how precious uh you know all of those all of those pinup feelings that sound like you kind of let go of them on the dance floor maybe <laughs> yeah yeah and he just he was so you know he was always so goofy when i was little and just always dancing and part like singing and just having a good time and you know i kind of missed like when they got the divorce and he was out kind of on his own i didn't get to see that for a while and when he got sober back up his it just really showed how really goofy and just fun that he could be and how fun he was. Everything that was inside him came out in yeah. a good way yes. during that time. Okay, you said he was like a year clean there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had the wedding, and that was such a wonderful time and a yes. precious memory. Take us to your dad's passing, if you will. Well, you know, okay. So I had... I was in cheer and it was my eighth grade year so I had eighth grade night and your parents would walk you out and you would get gifts and pretty much just like hey you completed eighth grade you know like we're proud of you so at this point dad was doing good and I asked him to come and to walk me out with mom and he showed up late and when he showed up you could just tell you know he had relapsed he was messed up he wasn't him and I was so angry at him so angry and I told him you know mom told him that he couldn't walk me out like that in front of all these people you know he needed to go home he needed to get himself together and after it was over I called him and I was just so mad at him and I was yelling and I was screaming and I said I can't do this anymore I can't let you be a part of my life if you're gonna continually walk out of it you know like every couple years or every couple months like it was emotionally draining and I I just couldn't do it anymore and I told him that and you know a couple weeks later it was probably two weeks later I started to feel really bad I was I was like I can't believe I said those things to him I didn't mean it I want to take it back and um I texted him and I told him, I said, dad, I love you and I want you to be okay. And, you know, 
I just don't want to get hurt again. I want us to be like how we were this whole year. And he texted me back and he said that um, he had moved in with this with this girlfriend that he met at his job that he was living there but he wanted me to come see her he wanted me to come meet her he just he acted like he was doing well but through like through that text message that he sent me back I could still tell that he was not doing well okay so I that night that I texted him I was staying the night with my friend and we were all me and my friend and my mom we were all gonna go get breakfast the next morning so I wake up, I call mom, I'm like, hey mom, you know, are we gonna go get breakfast? And she was like, yeah, I need to talk to your friend's mom. And I was like, okay, you know, I'll go tell her and I'll have her call you. So I go down there and I tell her that my mom needs to talk to her. Once she gets off the phone with my mom, she comes and she takes my phone. She's like, I can't have you on your phone right now, I need it, your mom's gonna be here soon. So me and my friend were like, what's going on? You know, we had these plans. So I go get ready and I walk downstairs and walks in my mom and I just looked at her and I already knew something was wrong. And I was scared that it was my grandpa because he had just had gotten out of the hospital for medical problems. And I said, is it dad or is it grandpa? And she just said, it's your dad. And I just fell apart, you know, like my whole world just came crumbling down. It was shattered. I just couldn't, I already knew without her saying that he had passed away, that he was gone. It was like I could just feel that part of me wasn't there anymore, if you, that makes sense. It makes total sense. Just a sudden emptiness, does that describe yes. it? And I know there's a lot of feelings that follow that. You had to go, th- and this was an overdose death, yes? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You had to go through some feelings of anger. Why? Yeah. Why did you do this to you? Why'd you do it to me? Yeah. I was so just, at first I was hurt. There was something I didn't even know how to deal with it, you know? I was like, this is just so much. Like, he was here for so long, and even if it was, wasn't was the best years, he's gone now. And it just, I had to think about how, you know, I'm never going to get that hug that he gives because he gave the most amazing hugs just hugged just so hard and then after the her I was angry I was like why couldn't he just stay sober you know he had made it to a year he was doing good and we had those good times and now it was all gone and he was there was nothing he could do to even fix it because he was gone and yeah you had to be feeling a sense of loss. Was that the first person close to you that had passed away, Lily? No, no, no it wasn't. Okay. Um, what was the relationship with the other that um, had passed? He, he was like my stepdad. It okay. was my mom's boyfriend. Okay. And he came around, around like the time they got the divorce, my mom and dad. He came around and kind of just stepped up when yeah. my dad was out and okay we'll get into that here in a moment or two all right but during that what brought you out of those those darkest moments what was your your healing your help it was really hard there for you know like a year i was sad i was i'd go from angry to sad you know crying to mom and then getting mad and 
I think just having my family, you know, again with mom and grandma and grandpa. And I had my little brother, he was a year, and he just brought so much sunshine to everything. He, you know, he's only a year old. He was only a year old at the time, and he didn't know anything except being happy. He just was always laughing and playing and just. That's neat, yeah. you know, that innocence. So, okay, yeah. like I said, he didn't know what he didn't know, and he didn't need to know what yeah. he didn't know at that moment. And the way it was able to lift you up and mm-hmm. help you maintain some sort of strength, uh, help, and promise for the future. Yeah. Okay, let's let's move to the relationship that you just mentioned here, okay? Okay. Tell us a little about that. Um, his name was Justin, and I think the thing I remember most about him is his beard. I know that's weird, but he had this red beard, and it just kind of made him who he was. It was the thing that stood out, and the first time I ever met him, he came to the house, and I was crying because I wanted McDonald's, and I was hungry, and mom wasn't taking me to McDonald's, and I was Shame mad. Mom, okay. I know, yeah, and, um... He he got there and I was he saw me crying about McDonald's so he took me to McDonald's and he had this black Malibu and I thought his car was so cool and it had tinted windows and everything and I got in there and we were listening to music and he took me to get McDonald's and was it just the two of you? Oh yeah, mom was there okay. too. <laughs> okay. But and then we got back to the house and. I want, we wanted to watch a movie, so we made this big pallet on the floor with blankets and pillows, and we all laid there and watched a movie, and then I fell asleep. And Do you remember what the movie was? No, I do not. Okay, that's okay. I'm sure there have been a lot of them since then. Yeah. All right. Yes, yes. Go ahead and move us kind of forward with the role that Justin played in your life and with your mom. Well, he was in the Army, and he had this huge bag. And um, I wasn't really—I liked Justin, but I wasn't comfortable— with him just move like coming you know like I didn't want mom to move on from dad because I felt like it was us just letting dad go and I did not like that so Justin he would walk in with this huge army bag and I'd get so mad because it had all his clothes in it for like the whole entire week and I'd be like why is he here I don't want him here he needs to take that army bag and leave and I just knew that when he had the army bag he was staying for a while and you know I didn't like it and he disciplined me you know like with dad he'd never he wasn't there enough to discipline me and with Justin he made me do the dishes made me pick up my clothes made me help mom he was horrible wasn't he? I know at the time I thought this is terrible and you know then he like you know two years in of me like you know not liking him and making me do chores and making me respect mom I started to like him I was like well this is different I think he I think he's okay and he would play with us like me and my friends we would play like tag or like hide and seek outside and he would help me hide and he would just build us campfires and build us a tent outside so we could stay outside for the night and he was just becoming a really good guy and I was like this is good you know until he started doing drugs as well 
and the first time I think it was either his birthday or Christmas I'm not for sure I cannot okay. remember which one but me and mom were driving through town and he was pulled over and he was outside of the car he had handcuffs and he was getting arrested and it was just all over again we had to deal with this with the addiction with getting hurt and by this time I already loved him it was too late to be like oh I still don't like him I just he was like he stepped in he was dad when dad couldn't be there and I called him second dad and I was invested at this point and he was it was just so much seeing that that he was gonna that had to set up a lot of triggers had to bring up a lot of memories that you'd tried to suppress and somewhat forget and here we are again yeah yeah so let's go on from that moment of him being arrested i think it if it wasn't christmas then he did get arrested on christmas again or you know and so there was like he was around us for four years and we only got one Christmas with him because somehow every Christmas he was either in jail or, you know, messed up with his drug use. And so it was just hard because he started not being there, like how dad started not being there. And, you know, all this time I was so mad at dad and I was so happy that Justin was there. And then Justin wasn't there and I was so mad at both of them. And it was like, why can't I just have the dad figure be there and not mess it up? You know, my whole life I just wanted a dad to who was there, you know, like how my friends had the dad who went out and played basketball with you and, you know, and I thought that was Justin and he just, yeah. The, and The dream, the hope had been broken. Yeah. You had with the closeness that uh, you started to have with him you started to gain trust in him and all of a sudden this is all torn apart and ripped out from under you is that accurate yes yeah yeah okay take us from there will you lily yes so um he went to brianna's hope and he you know actually was trying to get it together you know, he. I think it was like a year that his addiction was pretty bad, and he tried getting it back together. And we, me and him, we wanted a baby. So we convinced mom, mom, we want a little kid. We want a baby around, and she was not having it. She was like, I don't want a baby. I don't want to go through I'm this. I'm not playing. Yeah. By this time, I was like 12. She's like, uh, you're almost all grown up, and I have to start all over again. So, you know, it took a lot of convincing. We just kept saying, Mom, we want a baby. Come on, have a kid. And she did. She got pregnant. And it was Thanksgiving. We were on our way to my aunt's house. And I said, Mom, I think you're pregnant. And she goes, No, I'm not, Lily. And I said, Then stop and get a pregnancy test and prove to me that you're not pregnant. And so she did. And she was pregnant. And I just changed everything like there was going to be another human living in our house like Justin was going to be an like a dad to like his biological son and it was it felt like 
you know, maybe Justin, he's going to be okay. He's going to see that we're having a, well, that mom's having a son and he's going to just step up, you know, and for a little bit, he did. He started fixing things around the house. He started um, putting James, well, his name, mom's son's name's Jameson. And he started putting the room together for Jameson and he just really stepped up. He was really getting it together. And he worked on the road, so he was kind of in and out, going different places. And there was this one night that, you know, he had left, he was on the road, and he had to make sure that everything was done before he left. He made sure that the new lights were hanging up, that Jameson's room was put together, that, you know, he wanted everything to be okay before he left. And he left, and that night I walked into mom's room, and it was like midnight, and she was sitting there on her bed giggling on the phone. I said, who are you on the phone with? And she said, I'm on the phone with Justin. I said, oh, my gosh, you guys are like a bunch of teenagers. I was laughing at him, and um, he wanted us to – was, I think he was in Cincinnati. He was yes. in Ohio somewhere. Yes, yeah. Cincinnati. And he wanted us to come up. He wanted us to come there, and he wanted to take Jameson to the zoo. He wanted us to just come up there for the weekend, and you know, we said it was the plan. We were going to go there. It was Friday, and it was the day that we had the solar eclipse. Okay. We were. I was in school, and I was at that time. I played volleyball. Mom came to volleyball practice, and she said, you know we need to go. So we got to the car and I said, mom, what's wrong? And she just started crying. She couldn't even say what she needed to get out. And I said, is something wrong with Jess, which is Justin's sister. Right. And cause I thought she, there was something wrong with Jess. And she said, she, she said, no, Jess's girlfriend at the time was in the car with us. She came with mom to pick me up. And I looked at her and I said, what is wrong? And mom goes, sis, it's just Justin. Justin's gone. And I said, you know, like gone to jail, gone to rehab. And she said, no, sis, he's just gone. And it just hit me, you know, like, oh, Justin's gone, gone. He's not here anymore. And we drove to his parents' house. His mom, Kelly, she came running out and she just hugged me. It was just something that no one expected. We thought he was doing good. He just had Jameson. He was getting everything together and no one thought that he was going to overdose and die. Uh, We've interviewed already here on Faith in Your Recovery, Justin's dad, and he's told us much of what you just said right there in the last part of what you were sharing. The the shock of the way it came about. They thought things were better, Mm -hmm. and we never know, obviously, and we never know when that (laughs) next use is our last use. Yeah. And for you to endure two losses of such magnitude of people close, of people important to you, people you've already said you loved them both, Mm -hmm. for you to go through that, what's sustaining you today lily how how do you have the smile you have the countenance you have you should be miserable how are you beating that you know i try to think i did have those years with them i had that year with dad and i had those years with justin and i just try to think you know at least i had those years you know, I've learned that people don't stay in your life forever. You know, they come and they're here and then they're gone. I think just realizing that 
has helped a lot. I go to counseling. Counseling has helped me tremendously. It's one of my favorite parts of my week is getting just to go and talk to my counselor. Jameson, he just keeps everything so fun. You know, even when he's throwing a tantrum, I just sit there and laugh at him because he looks ridiculous. (laughs) And he just brings so much light and so much joy to the family. Like, I can't imagine if Jameson wasn't here, it would just be me and mom. And I don't think we could I don't I think we would have just crashed and burned. Yeah. But because of Jameson, you know, we kinda had to stay strong and keep it together and be there for him. And that definitely has helped a lot. An additional purpose. Yeah. What would you like to say to young people out there who may be going through what you have been through or dealing with a parent or parents that are into addiction and they're trying their best to to be there with them for mom and dad what would you like to say to them that's it's it's hard it's really hard being a kid and going through that is the toughest thing you know but at the end of the day it makes you stronger it makes you more mature I guess I just want kids to know that you can find people to talk to I mean I'm always open to talk to anybody who has went through this because of what I've went through. And I never want them to feel like they're alone. There are kids out there who go through this. You know, they probably don't have anyone to talk to. They just, I would say the best thing is to find someone to talk to, whether it's your grandma or a friend, aunt, uncle, you know. That counselor. Yeah. Even one of us, you know, we're me and mom were always here for anybody and I never want them to feel like they're alone I just that's one of the worst things is to feel like there's no one to help before our interview even started you were talking about your cheerleading and we've already talked about the role that played in your life but you said as you girls gather together at the end of the day you have what did you say that was called the moment where you share yourself and let oh. go of those you know struggles yeah, we have um circle time circle time yeah, explain circle time because we all need it cheerleaders yeah. or not <laughs> it's the circle of emotions is what one girl calls it um we just right before practice we'll all get in a circle and we'll take turns and we'll just say what was like the worst part of our day like just or just something you need to get off your chest because in that circle you know it's what you're saying isn't going to go anywhere you can tell them anything and they're going to have your back just being a part of like that is incredible like I would encourage anyone to just be on some sort of a team because you can just it's a distraction to take away just to take everything away and to focus on that sport and it's having a team it's like these girls aren't just my teammates they're my best friends some of them are like my sisters and just having them you know be there and being able to talk to them is just amazing Lily you said you're 16 yeah right yeah yeah uh 
whether you're 16, 26, 56, or 76, we need those kind of moments. We need those kind of people. We need that kind of community. Mm -hmm. That's a big part of recovery is, you know, that communication, that idea of being able to openly and honestly share. You're not in recovery from addiction, but you're certainly in recovery from the PTSD of the losses you've suffered. Yes. And you're you're going about it with intent and purpose, with the counseling and having that ring of friends around you and what you've shared here today, it humbles me. I don't mind saying that. To think of a young person going through that. And I loved your dad. You know, I coached him in peewee football, coached him in junior high football, part of the community, as I said, a classmate of our son. And Justin, I coached him. I knew him well, and I loved Justin. And we had good relationships. The loss has a ripple effect that we never know about. And so will your words that you've shared here today because there's young people out there who don't even they can't begin to fathom how to deal with one yeah and your willingness to be vulnerable to be raw to be real uh <laughs> that's maturity beyond 16 young lady yeah thank uh, you thank you is there anything you'd like to wrap up with words of encouragement or just you know thanksgiving to someone or yeah. even final words to daniel or justin like what i would want to say to them yes uh, you know i think i would want to tell them that i'm proud of them for fighting for so long you know trying to beat it I just want to I wish I could just tell them one last time that I love them they've made such an impact on my life that I can never forget them you know those were like two of my best friends two of the most important people in my life I'll forever be thankful for them and what they how they impacted my life and you know even if it was bad things they taught me lessons maybe I was too young to learn those lessons but it's helped me a lot today so you're not going to focus or identify them with the way they passed. You're going to focus and identify them with the way they loved and the way they shared with you. Yes. The addiction was not who they were. It did not, I didn't, you know, I would never want someone to be like, oh yeah, Daniel Rogers, he died from addiction. Justin Watson, you know, the addiction was who he was because that's not it at all. They had a problem they had a disease but it didn't define them you know what defined them was their personality was how they cared and how they loved and how you could always trust them it is sad that they had a problem but that's not who they were lily thank you thank you for everything you've shared yes thank you for having me and folks uh, we will all be identified some way someday focus focus on the real focus on the good let people see that and i know it's a struggle there's a days that we just don't even want to get out of bed or things we don't want to face but so far every person who's listening to the sound of my voice is 100 percent successful making it through those days you never thought you could make it through and if a 16 year old can do it when she went through it at 12 
and like 14, guess what? So can you. Stay in the battle.